0: I'm Yasi Salik and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday,
1: only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash! Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor, for each one is unique like a snowflake. <laughs> Thomas's, huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000
2: Welcome to Recipe Club, where we debate the best way to cook the things that you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying, and today we are stewing up some oxtails. So, as we were recording this episode, we were doing a little uninformed speculating about why they call it an oxtail. And being a complete and utter city slicker, I could not tell you what an ox actually is or the difference between an ox and a bull or a steer. I mean, I thought they were all just cows. If you're out there and you're as ignorant and curious as I was, here's what I found out. The ox, the steer, the bull, the heifer, and the cow all fall under the collective term cattle. We typically say cow when we're pointing out a single big delicious beast wandering on a field over there. But technically a cow is an adult female that's given birth to a calf. Prior to that, it's known as a heifer, an ox, is a fully mature, castrated male. Before it reaches maturity, it's known as a steer. And a full-grown male that has its bits still intact is called a bull. All this terminology talk got me thinking about the recipe that we have this week for Shanghainese borscht sent in by listener Monica Chu. Monica originally submitted this recipe via email and called it Hong Kong-style borscht. But once we selected it and, and told her we were going to be cooking it, she did a little research on her own and wrote in to ask if we could kindly amend that to be called Shanghainese borscht. Of course, she didn't grow up referring to the soup by either of those names. It was just oxtail soup, just like it was in my house. Now, if you're listening to me wring my hands over what the name of this soup should be. You're probably thinking this is very nitpicky or that we are retconning to avoid getting in trouble with the foodie police. But indulge me for a second, because I think the name might be a little more important than you think. When a dish is divorced from its name, it's also divorced from its history to some extent. We lose the the quick shorthand Explanation as to why we started eating something in the first place. The name Shanghainese borscht gives us a clue as to the origins of this soup. In this case, Shanghainese borscht is part of a tradition called high pie cuisine, which is something I didn't know until I just looked it up five minutes ago. Hai Pai Cuisine is a Shanghainese cooking style that originated with the opening of Shanghai to outsiders and involves Western food traditions being soaked in by the local community and then reflected back with a Chinese tilt, kind of like Japanese Yoshoku food. So in 1917, as white Russian emigres fled the October Revolution in the Soviet Union and made their way to Shanghai, they brought borscht, which then evolved into the tomato, cabbage, oxtail soup that we made for today's episode. Why oxtails? For the same reason any immigrant starts eating oxtails. It's a cheap off-cut that needs lots of care and attention that only people who can't afford nicer cuts are willing to give it. But in the end, you end up with something really delicious and worth the effort. I'm bringing this up because I find in my own life, all too often I have no reason whatsoever why I'm eating something other than the fact that I wanted to. I would like more reasons to explain why I cook or eat something, whether that's to save money or save the planet. Take oxtails. They are a hyper literal example of nose to tail eating, which I know is kind of a cliche these days. But really, it's as important an idea as ever, especially when it comes to beef. There's only so much ribeye on a single steer, and while oxtails have become more and more in vogue and more expensive and more popular, there are still a lot of cheap, unpopular cuts of the animal that we should probably learn how to make do with. If we don't, you know, the whole planet's going to burn up and we're all going to die. Pretty good reason. Finally, one last little programming note throughout this episode. Without spoiling anything, Dave will say the word belly a number of times, but I have just confirmed with him that what he meant to say was shoulder. So you'll see what I'm talking about in just a few minutes. Okay, enough blabbering from me. Here's what Monica has to say about Shanghai's borscht. After you hear from Monica, stick around to hear how Dave Chang, Brian Ford, and I did with the borscht. Make sure you switch over to the Recipe Club TV feed once you're done listening to see video footage of all the cooking action from this episode and every episode this season. And hey, Sign up for the Major Domo Media Discord at majordomomedia.com so you can vote. You got to register to vote. The recipe from this season that inspires the most people to get up off their lazy butts and cook will be crowned the Recipe Club Recipe of the Year. So if you've been listening along this season and decided, hey, I'm going to try this margarita sangria or hey, I'm going to make this Cajun-style meatloaf, we want to know. You got to tell us. You got to vote for it. Because the person, the wedgie, whether that's Priya, Rachel, Brian, or John, who submitted that recipe will be crowned Recipe Club Season 2 champion. And the person whose recipe they selected will receive a fabulous prize. So there's a lot riding on this. Get out there, vote early, vote often, and uh, cook along with us. Monica Chu. Yes. I'm gonna read to you okay. from your from your email to us. Okay. Dear Recipe Club gang, I've waited so long to say slash write this, longtime listener, first-time caller slash writer. I obsessively listen to this podcast as well as the Dave Chang show, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm fangirling hard right now. And here's the part I want to draw your attention to. <laughs> Mostly for Rachel and Priya, but I promise Dave is next on my fangirl podium. Well, maybe after Brian, actually, but really, really close after that. Now, Noticeably absent from your list of fangirl objects is one Mr. Christopher Ying. Because uh, Chris, which you're I just
0: gotta... like a given. Like You don't even need to be on the podium. You're like the announcer, right? You don't even have this to be is on my, the
2: podium. the story of my life is always the announcer next to the podium. Uh, I will forgive you because I really love the dish you've brought to the recipe club. Will yeah. you tell us all what this is? uh, and why you submitted it.
0: So this is, I guess we're calling Shanghainese borscht. Um, in my family, we just called it oxtail soup. We also called it like red soup. And I submitted it for the oxtail recipe because really this is the best oxtail recipe out there. It truly, truly is. It is the epitome of my childhood and my, my family life. Honestly, it's, and it's, Although it's Shanghaiese, it's Chinese. There's almost no part of it that is very Chinese-like in the traditional sense <laughs> of Chinese cuisine.
2: Yeah, this was also in my household growing up when somebody said oxtail soup, it was this. This yeah. is exactly the same thing, which is why I love it. Where is your family from, uh, more or less, or exactly, and, and where did you grow up eating this?
0: Right, so my grandparents said they're all from Shanghai, um, but the parents' like generation... We're all from Taiwan. I was born here though. So, and I was also raised in, not in like a very Asian predominant community. So quite a very middle-class white suburbia type of community. Um, So that's where I ate it. And that's why I think probably a little bit of why I didn't get too much history of it. We didn't talk about like, I didn't bring this to school by any means. You know, no, like little kids wanting to eat oxtails, you know, we don't know (laughs) what that is. So, yeah.
2: And then you referred in your email to sort of two versions of this soup. There's like the red and the white, sort of like a clam chowder. So what is the red Shanghainese borscht and what is the white?
0: So the red really, it, it feels much more like a Westernized stew. Like it uses tomato paste for like that kind of a little bit of acid, but a little umami. It tastes very much, um, I feel like not very Eastern, not very Asian, right? Whereas the white version um, would be just sans like tomato of any sort and really just strictly just the kind of salt, white pepper, and just like kind of that beefy, beefy stock and broth. Um, and typically the vegetables for the white version was more like ginger and daikon, maybe some onion. Then the red version, we'd always, always, always have potatoes, carrots, onion, cabbage, which is very much similar, I think, to Russian borscht.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. You talk a little bit too in your, your email about the sort of eating of this. And I think that the <laughs> soup is very deceptively simple, right? You just like throw a bunch of oxtails and vegetables into a into a pot and eat it. But, you know, like borscht where you'll always sort of garnish it with sour cream or whatever at the end. I think there are, and maybe you'll feel differently, I feel like there are specific ways that families go about eating this soup. Like how do you approach yeah. a bowl of this?
0: Yeah, so in our family it was pretty strictly only like Steaming hot, fresh, sticky short grain rice, and then you pour the soup on top, and it all should be like steam up your face, steam up the whole house style, like hot. Um, and that's strictly how we would typically eat it. As an adult, I started eating it if I didn't have rice on hand. I started eating with just like white bread as well too. So that's that's also pretty just good. With some like
2: <laughs> uh, is it a dip situation your yeah. white
0: bread? Yeah, well, like a okay. French loaf type of crusty thing and dipping it in. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Okay. My dad always saved his oxtails for last. He would drink all the soup, eat all the vegetables, and then he would just like house the oxtails in Worcestershire sauce oh, and eat those. Yeah, you know. I
0: remember you saying the Worcestershire sauce. We didn't really do that, but I do. I do. We all pretty much saved our oxtails for the very end. So you hear everyone like slurping and like sucking on like the cartilage ends and everything like that at the end. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. I think saving the oxtails at the end is the is the way to do it. Uh, now. As simple as it is, as straightforward as it is, are there any potential obstacles to success here? Anything that the club should be looking out for as we embark on our borscht adventure?
0: Um, I really think it's just the length of time to get the oxtails to get tender. But I think the first time I made this as an adult, I like called my mom. I was like something's wrong. Like it's, it's not working. I'm, I'm never going to eat. Like it's, it's going to be four o'clock in the morning before I eat. And it's just like, no, 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 just keep going. Just keep going. And sure enough, <laughs> it, it will eventually break down. You want all the oxtails to be like fully intact so that you can have that end of the bowl experience of eating all the oxtails and sucking on the bones.
2: <laughs> so have faith in thermodynamics. Yeah, That's yeah. your advice. Yes, It will, we'll get there eventually. Yes.
0: Okay, well, I think that
2: this is pretty straightforward. I think that I imagine our our club will enjoy this. Uh I hope Monica, so. <laughs> what do you what do you do when you're not cooking oxtails?
0: Um I am an OBGYN in the Bay Area. Oh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, Monica, this was a delight to get to talk to you, get to see your recipe, and uh like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of my fellow Recipe Club Wedgies approach this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hope everyone really enjoys it. I really hope they eat it with rice. It's like a necessary thing and, uh, leftovers are great and you can eat them forever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of recipe club where Chris Ying is going to win the entire season. Well, I don't even know why we're doing another episode of Recipe Club. Because this all we're missing is the Dominion voting machines and Hunter Biden. Right. And we would have one of the biggest political scandals of all time. But.
2: This is hanging this is the hanging Chad Club. We're <laughs> committing voter fraud over here. So welcome to the recipe club. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do here at Rescue Club, Chris Yang? Well, we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat, but I think before we get into that, we should talk about what people are eating right now. Dave, you seem lightly distracted by something you're eating, something delicious. Mm. What are you doing over yes, there? Yes, I'm, I'm in New York for meetings.
3: I'm recording in Momofuku office right now, and they have a stocked pantry shelf of snacks. And um, my favorite chip. What do we got
2: baked, here? Baked,
4: baked plates. <laughs> Oh man, sour cream! Oh,
2: oh no! Is Why? that really your favorite chip of all chips? It can't be your favorite. Oh, he is—he's he's he's sucked the crumbs. down the crumbs there. He's, he just did the head tilt back and the crumb pour. I, I don't play
4: with.
2: Mm. Uh huh. But we also talked about the fact that they're baked means they don't curl up. They're like a perfect stuff into your sandwich chip.
3: Yeah, because I know flat. pretty sure how they're made. They're just potato starch, like dehydrated, yep. desiccated potato. mixed with some water. Then it's sprayed out onto this silicone um, (laughs) conveyor belt, right? And then it's just endlessly fed into an oven, convection blast, and then out. And there's a machine that just cracks them into potato shapes. But this entire conveyor belt is powered by Chris Ying on a Peloton. (laughs)
2: that's why these chips are so expensive there's not Uh a lot of hours that the factory is working in a given day (laughs) damn Uh, (laughs) brian since we last saw you since we all had had dinner together in new york you've been uh you've been out on the road you went to columbia right yeah i was i was doing some stuff in south america So what Um, have you been eating, doing some stuff in South America? What
4: what I've been eating, like in general, uh, a lot of soup ever since that seaweed episode I did with Recipe Club. I've been using Napa cabbage and seaweed a lot, and I've been making that soup a lot. So I'm, I'm very soupy right now. Very soupy.
2: What about a South American
4: delicacy? Any highlights from your trip? Uh, Yeah, ajíaco, which is a Colombian soup, and arepas, corn. Just I ate a bunch of corn. I I ate several different forms of corn,
2: uh, and I loved every minute of it. And uh, one more, one more Brian Ford eating exploit. I want to draw people's Uh attention to. Oh shit, (laughs) Brian, (laughs) as Dave knows. Is a, is a guest chef on our Hulu show, Best in Dough, our pizza competition show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> come on, give us some highlights from you. You judge those nonas, you judge their Dude, crazy social come media clips. Y'all, like...
4: y'all seen the nonas, man? Nonalina was nuts, man. That was the <laughs> highlight of my experience filming that show was just the behind the scenes, off the record, Nonalina comments uh, in Italian to Daniele uh, were... <laughs> Exceptional. It was an exceptional time, but nah, the show is super fun, man. Super chill. I watch it. It's really funny, actually.
3: It's not just fun. It's not just funny, Brian. It's one of the greatest shows ever made. It's one of the greatest <laughs> shows of all time.
4: Usually one of the best I've been in. Um, and I'm, I'm just thrilled to see it come to light.
3: And speaking of a plug, Chris Yang, we also have another show that's out on Hulu. Chefs in the Wild. We're rolling them out. <laughs> Chefs in the Wild. Yes. Chefs, Chefs versus, versus wild. wild.
4: Chefs versus <laughs> oh, Wild. Chefs versus Wild. <laughs> Chef's Gun with wild. my title. Chefs
2: Gun Wild's a different one. But Chefs versus chefs, Wild, chef. yeah. Where we drop two chefs into Mardi Gras in New Orleans. No, we drop two chefs into the wild and uh they've got to collect their ingredients and make their way to a wilderness kitchen. Dude, the oh, show man. is so good. Show, that, yeah, The show, I just saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. It looks exceptional. Brian, is the the one you're talking about is the one who we're like, Hey, will you make this pizza cupcake? And she's like,
4: Yeah, no, she said I no, refused. and she just she just sat around doing her own thing. I mean, it was priceless. Honestly. Words can't describe how excellent it was for her to just sit down and be like, no, nah, I'm just going to like talk shit for like 35 minutes. <laughs> so,
2: I uh, I watched that with my wife and she was like, this Nona is the Dave Chang of Nona's. Yes. <laughs> like Pretty receive much. an assignment, refused to, <laughs> refuse to accomplish it. And I think that that opinion is formed mostly from her also listening to Recipe Club and how Dave approaches some of the tasks <laughs> on Recipe Club. So. Here we are, full circle, back to the show Again, that we're actually not making. a surprise,
3: not a surprise <laughs> nope.
4: that uh, I may have selected her. And it's not going to be her last appearance on that show, right? I mean, come on. Dude, I mean, she's, she's TV gold. <laughs> I'm her Jerry, I'm
3: her Bob Sugar from Jerry McClure. <laughs> 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 <Just kidding. laughs>
4: getting her
2: in there, getting her in the mix. It ain't she's show so friends,
3: good. it's show business, and she understands that. Damn, unlike they got some singers today. <laughs> unlike, unlike some people, Brian, who didn't or, understand that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right there was some there was a little bit of controversy that continues really on the discord about What con- uh, wait, what, what controversy there was just about Brian's also refusal from the plant-based meat episode to uh buy the correct products and cook the correct Listen this this, this we don't meat. need to
4: rehash we don't look I don't go back to season one and and bring up the things that that were done by others, you know what I'm if saying. You like if you listen. don't know what
3: we're talking about, Discord, you can sign up at majordemo.media.com, and we talk a lot about it on the other podcast. But we have evidence of many community members very dissatisfied with Brian Ford's <laughs> commitment to the plant-based. I, I, there's meat a lot episode. of people.
4: There were a lot of people that defended me first and foremost, and there was a lot of understanding of where I was coming from as well. I, you know what, I should have had these. These uh, paragraphs ready to read verbatim, but there was a lot of Brian Ford support as always in the Discord because I'm <laughs> I'm cherished there, and I had a mishap. I had a mishap. All right, they forgive me. You know, they move. To, they, they move on. It's simple.
2: I'm cherished there. <laughs>
1: One of the yeah. great sentences Come ever on, uttered son.
4: by a human. That yeah, was asking about me. That was like, where's Brian? Oh, sh- oh shit.
1: Brian oh, shit. Oh, I'm, maybe I'm Brian cher- Ford
4: knows. I'm cherished there. I made bread the other day. Maybe you can ask Brian about Yo, they, 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 you know what I'm saying? Come on. Don't play, Don't try to play me.
2: Speaking of the Discord and what Dave was alluding to earlier in this episode, we have opened the voting for the season two Recipe Club recipe of the year. Uh, you have to vote oh, only to. <laughs> Voting will (laughs) only take place on the Discord. And voting is simple. (laughs) Hold on a second. Voting is simply a matter of if you have cooked any of the recipes that we have made on this show this season, we want to know about it. We want to know which recipe inspired the most people to get up off their couches, out of their podcast listening seats, get in the kitchen and cook things. So if you've been cooking along with us, you got to sign up for the Discord. You go to the Recipe Club voting booth, you click what the recipes you've cooked, and the winner of the season will be the recipe that was cooked by the most people. And right now, Dave is, Dave is shaking his head. and because uh, no, it's, it's,
3: it's, it's a lie and it's a fraud. This is actually an illegitimate vote. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Seems to be having a coughing fit or he's coughing bullshit because right now, the runaway leader of the voting in the Recipe Club Recipe of the Year happens to be yours truly's pickled green beans with pork that Priya Krishna selected for her episode. So not only, Dave, are you, should you be mad that it's my recipe in the lead, this would signal, if this, if this election holds, it would be a victory for Priya Krishna. When did that wow. happen? Last I checked that you're winning huge. But she picked the recipe. So she would be the recipe club champion of the year. And my recipe would be the recipe of the well, year. Well, again,
3: I, it doesn't matter. The, the whole thing is collusion. <laughs> I'm just saying for listeners, if you believe in democracy and you believe in a right to a better future, if you believe in hope, you're going to vote. This, this this isn't near. Listen, on a level of horrible acts like overturning of Roe v. Wade,
2: slightly this is, below. Slightly this is below. Just after overturning Roe. <laughs> no, below, below. Possible slightly below.
4: Slightly below. That's just the, the you know, the. The, how, egregious. How in the
2: world? So here's the thing. People wanted here's to the make pickled green beans. That more than anything else, Come I on, may, y'all. I may end up having to recuse myself because I, you know, if there's a prize involved here, I can't collect it. So the second, let's, let's just assume for a second that I'm not actually eligible to win this recipe. There is a tie you know what? for a second. Chris, Chris, no, no, stop.
3: It's not about a physical prize or a monetary prize. What you're robbing from somebody that should win is a prize of integrity and hope of truth. That's what you're really robbing them.
2: One of the reasons why people are cooking this recipe from the green bean episode, I guarantee you, you is because David Chang said on that episode, of all the recipes on this season, this is the one I am most likely to cook again. Dave, your endorsement, you endorse this candidate and look at the power you have to affect change Dave's, in the world. Dave
4: says things like that all the time, though. I don't know if you can take that at You're making face value. You make it sound Valley.
3: like I'm <laughs> Lindsey Graham saying I hate Donald Trump. And can then I, I say, say I'm voting <laughs>
4: for him. No, I, I think that th- this recipe should be ineligible because it's ineligible. the only one submitted by a member of the club. Like that, that, that's one a clear thing, bias. It'd be one, thing clear if he, bias. It's
3: be one thing if Chris submitted the recipe at the very beginning last year. Okay? That's true. But like a, it would be... um. I don't know, like Amazon deciding, hey, you know what we need, we need this product. We need right. this kind of potato chip. Correct. Because they're getting all the data from everybody else.
2: Correct. It's worse than that. It's like, it's like if the Academy Awards nominated their own in memoriam video for best picture. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's that's, best thank you. Picture. <laughs> thank you.
4: I it's think it's we so should ridiculous.
2: remove we should remove the, the green <laughs> okay, beans. Let's, let's we should, say actually, we we should take an in-house vote. Let's say, let's say. I'm disqualified. What is interesting is there is a, that would mean there's a dead heat for the winner right now between Nikita Klaver's Margarita Sangria and Alicia O's Yogurt Tortillas, both excellent recipes. That Margarita Sangria I've had multiple times. I'm just saying voting is important still because if I end up being disqualified, which it looks like the public sentiment is driving toward.
3: If there's any sense of justice, you will not just
2: recuse yourself, you'll step down and you'll tell people not to
4: make the recipe anymore. You, you should step down.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> stepped down from where I'm so low. <laughs> you,
4: you should step down. This is clear bias. Step. You're the it's the only one made by a member. It's bias. This it's is not. Okay. Do you guys want? Okay, let's let's just say I don't give a
2: shit what your therapist says, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting <laughs> this victory. Down. All right. Today, our theme ingredient was the oxtail. There are a, a measly, a scant. 10.6 million results when you google oxtail recipe. But this is a favorite I know of Dave Chang, the Dave Tang show, of numerous cuisines around the world. This is a piece of beef that if I'm judging just by the skyrocketing prices is growing in popularity in this country. Uh, and the oxtail of course is the tail of a cow or an ox.
3: Oh gross. Guys-
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is the tail. You know what I was thinking about today? How many animal tails are there that we eat? Pigtails, pig's tails, pigtails is nice. Oxtails, yeah. gator, alligator. Are you alligator tails, good, good. That's good. the best part. Pope's nose, chicken ass. Yeah, I was going to ask. You think the chicken's ass counts, right? Yeah, Pope's nose, it does. Tails universally pretty good, but there aren't very many tails Lo- to eat, lobster, right?
3: Lobster, oh lobster, lobster tail! tail. Boy.
2: Oh my hey, god,
3: you crawfish, brought up the mo-
4: crawfish baby, with the tail all opinion. you. You know what I'm saying? Is the tail <laughs> the best thing to eat? Is that possible? A langoustine. Unbelievable. Shrimps, Damn. tiger shrimp. That's because all the juice goes down to the bottom. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why yeah, I shrimp. The
2: juice, the juice goes to the bottom all of the, the all animal. All the juice goes down to the bottom of the shrimp animal. Tails, Baby shrimp Wait, wait. Shrimp tail. Is, is shrimp tail the little animal part? Or do you count the whole thing as the tail? <laughs> Big shrimp. <laughs> Big <laughs> shrimp Bubba, bubba with the <laughs> <laughs> <that> forest gum.
4: <gunk. laughs> shrimp at toufet. You got barbecue shrimp. Yeah. Hey, but, but don't sleep on barbecue. Extra shrimp. large shrimp. <laughs> You, if you have tiger
3: shrimp, you got liger
4: lion shrimp. You got Wait. leopard shrimp. No, you don't. What about fish tail? Like, does that count? The tail yeah. of fish? Monk monk fish? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. So there's a lot of tails out there. All right. Yeah. So there are more tails than I believed there to be originally. There's, there, of course, as Dave rightfully pointed out, there's the big shrimp. Yeah. There's the medium shrimp. shrimp. There's the frozen shrimp. There's a the farm-raised shrimp.
3: There's the wild shrimp, there's the golf <laughs> shrimp, there's the rock shrimp, there's a ruby red shrimp,
4: <laughs> there's a just... plant-based shrimp, there's, there's
2: a plankton. what are you even krill. saying? <laughs> krill. Krill. <laughs> no, krill tails actually are not very good. Krill tails are not, not that delicious. What do you think the appeal of the oxtail specifically is as a cut?
4: Yo... I mean, that it's tender is nice, man. Just it's like, honestly, I could see, you know, the bone can get kind of annoying, but the meat itself is nice and tender when it's cooked well. So I think that's kind of dope.
3: One of my favorite things that we did at the very beginning of Momofuku, we did an oxtail soup, uh, komtang in Korean. And I would make sujibi, hand-rolled noodles, and we'd cook it Mm. in that broth. But we would pick some of the oxtails and put it in the soup. But I'd save the big motherfucker. Like, you know, in a set of oxtails, not all oxtails are cut the same. Mm-hmm. You're going to get some that are just girthier and chunkier than everything else. And, and and I would put one of those big honking pieces on a plate with no knife. And <laughs> the idea that you would have to eat this like ribs, get your yeah. hands dirty, get the gelatin dripping off your fingers. It's one of the most luxurious. It, I love the dichotomy of these kinds of things. Something that is tastes so decadent and so rich. You know, it feels like you're doing something wrong, right? But historically, it's been a throwaway, cheap cut of meat. That feeling while eating something that is a throwaway mm. is what I love. And to have somebody gnawing on with their fingers in their mouth. Sucking on. Oxtail, it. attacking it. You can only eat oxtail by attacking it and making <laughs> sounds that are fucking yes. gross. Yes. Like... <laughs> You know, yes. <laughs> yeah, sounds like yeah. a porn movie of some sort. You know, it's not doesn't sound nice. No, right? A lot of mm. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love this. Yeah, I can't. right. <laughs> it just you, you it because you, it, it, you can't eat it with a fork and knife. It's not like a fucking pizza, Mm-mm. right? So Mm-mm. to me, there's many things you can judge it in the world, right? Are you Rolling Stones? Are you a Beatles fan? Are you you know Kanye or whoever? Else, everyone else, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is the same. Are you team oxtail or are you not? Because if you're team oxtail, there's only one way to fucking eat this thing. And if you don't like team oxtail, you're not part of the Democratic Republic of (laughs) China. (laughs)
4: <laughs> this was, wow this is beautiful man what this is like
2: that, that was like listening to like scott van pelt's one big thing man you just got a soliloquy on oxtails from dave mm.
4: oxtail eating 101 we, you got to make a little tutorial series with the with the tongue movements and uh you gotta the get the tongue. the tongue
3: is important because sometimes you get the cartilage or the bone that's sticking out like
4: it's Correct. like a, it's like a skeleton key
2: you know what i mean yeah. and the meat wrapped <laughs> yeah. around it yeah you gotta... it is like <laughs> sometimes you gotta tug at it you got to i like to uh i like to you got to make sure you like scrape the gelatin off the end of the bone with Mm. your teeth that's like the delicious part right there that's that's the that's the real pro move after you
3: you know use your tongue to get all the meat out (laughs) and suck uh, simultaneously it's like eating a crawfish shell (laughs) then you gotta you gotta bite and suck at
2: the ends of each You've got to use you got to use your front teeth to scrape the scrape that gelatin off and then suction it at the same time. It's like when the dentist has the suction in there at the same yes. time that he's scraping your teeth. I hate
4: that shit.
2: <laughs> 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 the suction. I think, I, I think that the oxtail is so beautiful, and I think that that sound, Dave, of like as you're sucking on it and like the air is moving through the different pockets of the bone, and the little hunk of fat will just like suddenly hit the hit the roof of your mouth. It's so mm. it's it's awesome. And the other thing is, I feel like oxtail is one of the few cuts on the animal that has like its own distinctive flavor. It's not it doesn't just taste like any other cut of beef. Like oxtail has its own flavor, you know, it's beefy and it's not gamey, but it like it's distinctively not just like any other slow braised cut of of meat, I feel like.
3: You know, it, it, there's there's a way to describe it. Taste of oxtail. <laughs> tastes like winning. <laughs> <laughs> it's the
2: taste of victory. Taste it's of the victory. Victory taste. So that was, so, so was that style Chang, the, the, the Korean soup, that's the one that you grew up eating oxtail in primarily? Komjang. Yeah. It's the best. What about you, Brian? What's your, what's your, uh, oxtail
4: history? I mean, so previously I thought that I had never cooked with oxtail or at least I've rarely done it. And then I remembered by the way, can I just say that earlier, like what three minutes ago, it sounded like we were reading an exotic novel or something. Like, it's, like the, the <laughs> not the, exotic the, erotic, 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 erotic. I'm sorry, you know what can I we, meant to say. Can we? Can it we? It just do like,
3: a pause. Can we do a pause here and just follow up on that, Brian? Can we each do what it sounds like to eat oxtail?
4: Yeah. yeah it, so this isn't
3: it. the pronunciation B. This is the automata P B. Oh.
2: This guy onomatopoeia,
4: look at this so guy. If I were to attack my oxtail right now, first of all, uh, you got to be careful because it's probably hot in the soup. If you want to get in there, and it'd be something like this, <laughs> and then you got to rotate, like you said, like the little key, use the tongue a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Get the, it's get very the quiet. suction, it's going. very
3: quiet, it's very quiet. You, you're, you're like a stealth sniper.
4: Eating your oxtail. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to be stealth, stealth. Sometimes you got to be a sniper with a tongue. You can't just hit them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to go
3: full. You got to go full no, cookie monster that your, on that, that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> that's, that's, you go, that's good. So again, very similar to last time I described on the DC show about eating a slice of pizza and getting the, the, the flip. To me, you got to make sure you rotate the oxtail number one, where you're holding it like a piece of tape, you know, a roll of tape. <laughs> Yeah. You're not hold, you know I mean? You got to get it
2: yes. like an ear of yes. corn. Yes. You're rotating Correct. it, dead, it dead
3: center in the, you know, you got to <laughs> almost in, you use your intuition, your God-given <laughs> geometry and know <laughs> the center of pie, right? You got to do the center of pie because it's really a circle uh, and you got to just grab the, 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 the bone right in the center and then you got to pick it up. Yes. And then you got to flip it over. Yes. You got to flip it over. So now the bones are north and south. Pointing yeah, north like, and south.
4: Like a Ferris wheel. It's
3: not east-west. East-west doesn't work unless you t- yeah. tilt your head, but you can't really do no, no, 90 no, no, degrees. No. Right. So now it's like this. To flip it over. You got to do the flip. The one thing you got to then find the weakness, like the Germans <laughs> did with the Maginot line. You got to find the weakness on this <laughs> Oshchild. The weakness being the right proportion of fat on the outside to yeah. meat. And use your Doppler radar in your brain to know where the bone <laughs> it's your might Doppler be. Radar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> where the bone might be, the skeleton-like key bones. Cause they can surprise you, right? Yeah. They can very much surprise you because you could bite into something that's all bone. They can fool you. The mm-hmm. the, the the oxtail. You want to make before. the best judgment yeah. of fat to meat to bone ratio. You want little like as little bone as possible. You make that determination and you carpe diem that shit. You go straight. <laughs> you bite. It's a fierce bite first, <laughs> and then, and then, then like like a record player, <laughs>
4: all, all around
2: the side,
3: <laughs>
4: and then the bite say, on the end.
2: Mm. You know, how they say like humans only use like ten percent of their brains. I feel like the same applies to a lot of food. You know, you only use your molars to chew some food. Oxtails require. Full Everything. engagement of tongue, full teeth, of salt. lips, lips are part Every, of this thing. It's the decathlon of eating. It's the decathlon of eating. You gotta, <laughs> nobody
3: knows how to throw a discus and javelin, uh-uh. you know, but you better. If <laughs> you wanna win the fucking decathlon, you wanna be a real yeah. decathlete, you gotta do that shit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When you're done, when when you're done, it's gotta look like a cow was killed in the desert. Six months ago, and there's and the skeleton nothing but was bleached white bones <laughs> I'm waiting to
3: read the comments on Discord or how people rate our podcast, being like, this was the most disgusting, most, <laughs> the worst analogies, metaphors ever. Nah. And, uh,
4: no, yeah. it's the truth. This is truth. You're, we're speaking truths here. But
3: Doppler radar. <laughs>
4: <all using> <laughs>
3: but you know what I'm talking about. You are. I know what you're talking about. You're judging the right ratio. Because... You can hurt yourself on an oxtail if you bite in the wrong place. What you're place.
2: saying is sometimes you can't see like where yeah. the bone is under the meat, and you're like, "This is it." It's like black ice. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's black ice. <laughs> okay, it's right under the surface. You know,
3: it's an, an, an iceberg. You don't know
4: how deep it is. You have no idea. <laughs> Brian, you started to say something <laughs> about your oxtails that you ate growing up. Um, oh, it dawned on me that I had made. I used to do this cooking club in college. It was kind of like a catering situation. And we graduated to making gumbo on the streets, like during the parades. And one time we did an oxtail and turkey neck gumbo, which is not necessarily a traditional way to make gumbo, but it's basically the same shit as other gumbo. It's, you know, it's like a big thick soup with some sort of meat in it. So I was like, yeah, we did the oxtails. I think we, I don't, my memory is pretty fuzzy about being 19 during Mardi Gras in New Orleans, but I'm pretty sure, I think we cooked, I think we like... Cooked down the oxtail separately and then just thickened the roux with the broth and and then added them towards the end of the cooking process of the gumbo with some okra uh, and the turkey neck. But that was, I, I do know it was phenomenal. And we sold out of a huge, like, I don't know how to describe how big the pot was. But that cauldron. was probably, yeah, it was a cauldron. It was a shirt up a cauldron. Uh, that was the most memorable time I've ever cooked oxtail. I've enjoyed it at several, you know, Jamaican restaurants, African restaurants, this, that, and the other. So very, very tasty stuff.
2: Uh, But I picked the recipe because I wanted to cook with it more. And here we are. Yes, you did choose this recipe over a number of other suggestions. There was a Jamaican one, a Cuban oxtail, Indonesian, New Zealand. And then we got, of course, a bunch of, uh, kare-kare recipes. Mm-hmm. Noelle didn't submit hers, but this is the one you chose. Why'd you land on Monica Chu's Shanghainese borscht? So, aside from the
4: other options, this one looked like something that my dad and mom used to make for me, and it was just kind of like a, a beef stew, like a chunky beef stew. You know, pot's just really full with 50 different things. It was yuca with beef, potato, carrot, celery, Bay leaf, even a little tomato. I mean, it was, it's, all, you know, when I saw this, I was like, yo, that's like low key looking like, uh, it's looking like what my mom used to make. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that it'd be nice to make something that tasted like that, something nice and warm and filling. And so I picked that one. I think
2: that fits the bill. This is like a total comfort food for me. This is something I grew up eating all the time. My mm-hmm. dad made this. It's called borscht. Yeah, that's interesting. strange. I never thought about I never. I never referred to this as borscht when I was growing up. This was just oxtail soup in my house. But evidently, borscht as a thing made its way to China in the wake of the Russian revolution, a bunch of refugees fleeing the, after the fall of the, the SARS, uh, not SARS, the, the disease, the, the, the rulers uh, in, in the thirties. And they brought this idea of borscht over. So this soup is basically just as Brian said, it's a slow cooked giant pot of uh, oxtails. Uh, the broth is flavored with tomato and tomato paste. You've got potatoes, cabbage, carrots, celery in there, and it's seasoned with fish sauce, a little bit of mm. sugar, mm. but that's basically the whole entire thing. It's just it's it's oh, and some ginger, excuse me. But mm-hmm. it's it's just a slow cooked pot of of soup. Um, before we get into it, I want to ask one more thing, Dave. Just thinking about oxtails generally, I, I forgot this. <laughs> you just described in very loving and disgusting detail eating oxtails off the bone. Is that the only way to serve it? Like oxtails off the bone are maybe not as good, right?
3: Nope. I tell you how other people serve it. They put it in a raviolo.
2: Not a ravioli. <laughs> yes. A raviolo. Uh, raviolo. That's a raviolo. A big fat pocket of pre uh shredded oxtail.
3: Anytime you take it off the bone, you basically have cut the hair off Hercules. <laughs> no, Samson, excuse me, Samson. Let me Samson, get my Samson. fucking biblical versus pagan fucking religions right. Jesus. Samson. <laughs> right? You basically cut the hair off Samson. What's the point? You know? Uh, yeah. Why would why would you why would you do that? It, it, it's like getting again like some kind of F one race car in automatic doesn't does stupid stupid.
2: <laughs> so this is both why I both why I appreciate this recipe and every all the ones that were sent in. Like this is this is on the bone. No one's like pull shred it off and make a ragu out of it. Stuff a raviolo. I think Brian like part of the appeal of this is like it is dead simple and it's it's like not well, a hold bunch on. i'm of not just making steps. fun of
3: i'm not making fun of italian food. i just don't like it in a raviolo i had when i was in rome they had oxtail ragu yeah and it was just chunks of fucking oxtail That's and good. tomato sauce with like nothing there was no oregano there was nothing it was just simmered in oxtail and it was on uh, i can't remember what kind of pasta and i was yeah, yeah yep this is this is good yeah. This is very, very good, delicious. So all you fucking Italian autofiles that wanna <laughs> get me you know, no. <laughs> this is, this is, this
4: is my
3: dog, <laughs> He does make
2: full, he does make fun of it.
3: No. So um, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I'm gonna reserve that for risotto. That's a whole nother story.
2: Uh so this this soup, this oxtail soup, this non-risotto soup, Monica <laughs> says, was a quintessential part of my childhood, its tastes. It's what was made for someone visiting home for birthdays, holidays, the smell, the taste, the textures, the inexplicable pain of the searing hot soup when combined with steaming hot fresh rice hitting my mouth and burning the shit out of my throat because I'm too impatient to let it cool. It is my ratatouille meal. She said there is a red and a white version of this. The white version, I think, omits the tomatoes and just as daikon and scallion as a much sort of cleaner type of broth. But this one is a potato forward, I mean a potato the t- tomato version. Oh, I thought uh, you wanted to correct yourself and say potato. potato. <laughs> excuse me. This is not a potato oh. version, excuse me, a potato version <laughs> <laughs> with tomatoes and potatoes. Uh,
1: Who says potatoes? It's song <laughs> <insane>. says
4: potatoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash, Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. <laughs> Thomas's Huzzah! A toast to breakfast.
2: Brian, talk what? to us about your oxtail soup experience. Uh, Shanghainese borscht experience. Excuse nah, but. man, it was super chill, man. It was super chill.
4: Um you know, I cooked them, you know, did a little bit of skimming. I ain't really, I honestly wasn't too worried about the skimming. Um, I didn't let it get too cloudy though. And then I added everything in. I I mean, I just let it cook. I mean, it was honestly, it was delicious. I think that what, just the second soup in a row I'm doing on this show. I think every, uh, everything I do from now on should be a soup. I think, I think soups, Simple soups are really good, so like when you just got to put a few things in the thing and you get that seasoning just right, you know, the bay leaf or the whatever it is you're going to put in, pepper, salt, garlic, powder, whatever, those simple things. When you get that right, the soup is is phenomenal. So I think it was it was great. I mean, it reminded me of why you see growing up. It was easy. I mean, I got a big pot of it in the fridge. You know, actually, when I was eating it, man, I was just hovering over the pot with a bowl, just like I was just I couldn't stop. So I thought it was really great uh what uh what about you
2: chang talk to us about your approach to the oxtail soup um arms reach cooking arms reach cooking no number Um, number one
3: (laughs) number one um i didn't i needed someone to go grocery shopping for me on this because i can't remember the exact reason and grace had to do it for me but i had like not so much time to cook and um there was no oxtails Uh so so for those of you this is important i thought you know what what should i do here and I'm not trying to cheat anybody here. I'm not trying to cheat anybody ever again, unlike some he other used, people
2: he, on this podcast. So, you used Trader Joe's Impossible
4: Meatballs? No. For this <laughs> did you use oxtails? Did you use oxtails?
3: No, I did not. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I did not.
3: <laughs> you may have just killed Brad You may have just killed him. I did not. I used pork belly.
4: Let, let him look. Let what? Me. what? <laughs>
3: I was about you to hold this for
4: 40 minutes. I was like,
3: let him make his case. And then he just
4: All right, <laughs> Dave, let's hear about it. Oh, you belly. Her. Oh my
3: God. And it was no fantastic. Way. No. I followed the recipe. And I'm for those that want to expelled. Wanted, You're expelled. I was out of time and there was no oxtails. Guess what? You have to go to a specific kind of grocery store to get it. And there was no, there was no way for me to get oxtails at the time. Unlike Brian, who had many, This is, this is so many false. other
4: oxtails are in every single sort of grocery store around me.
2: There's
4: probably fifty. I, I, in,
2: in Dave's, in Dave's slight defense, I went to my local Whole Foods to find oxtails, mm-hmm. and I felt like I felt like a little, I felt like a, a little offended by this. I asked if they had oxtails, and they're like, no. You got to go over. They like, pointed me to that weird random freezer where they have like bones for mm. broth and dogs or whatever. Like that's where they kept their oxtails. So I had to go find this frozen box of oxtails that was not being served mm-hmm. to their usual mm-hmm. customers. But I managed to find them. Dave, what did you do? How, how did you How did you approach pork belly? <laughs> so
3: legitimately, I, there, all the grocery stores near me didn't have it. So I did go to more than one. I actually had Grace go to more than one. And by the time it... H became an option. It was closed at 10 p.m. So I cooked this late because I was leaving the next day and I had pork belly. So I said, I'm going to use this. And I thought it was a good option to use this as an instructional tool, not as an excuse for those that would like to make a dish like this, but don't have oxtail. And the fact tool. is, no, the, the fact is there's no cut in the cow that is remotely close to the tail, not even the cheek which I find to be fantastic, a lot of work, but the cheek doesn't have the unctuous fattiness of the tail. Completely different animal altogether, but I think something that has that luxurious feeling, it doesn't have any of the cartilage, clearly, unless you have it on the bone with the ribs, is pork belly. And that's what I did. So I made the recipe with a few changes uh, that I wanted to talk about because this is the kind of cooking that I feel I'm, how should I say, I've done more than, just about anybody. <laughs> I, I'm really I think I'm really good at this stuff. I had some some changes that I'll talk about, but I made it with pork belly and it was extremely delicious.
2: Uh big chunks of pork belly, little slices. What are you talking about here?
3: So I took pork belly um and I and I cut it into chunks, say like two and a half by two and a half pieces, and I seared it off in a pot. So I got it nice and golden brown, and then I added all the veg and all the aromatics, and I roasted that off too. In the pork fat, Hmm. then where it says to, this is where I would change, right? This is how I think a lot of Asian recipes are are built, especially soups and stews. You're just adding it to water. The fact is, if this was a clean, if this is a white version, I wouldn't have roasted anything off. And honestly, I don't think it would work with pork belly. This would have been better... And I probably wouldn't have used water. I would use dashi, and this would have been a little bit more of a Japanese style. But since they had tomato paste, I was like, okay, might as well roast it off because that's what the tomato paste is going to do a lot of, right? Caramelized sugars, more glutamic acid, all of these things. So once I seared off all the cuts of pork belly, and here's another tip. I seared it off in a big like uh, pasta pot. I like searing things off in a pasta pot because, or like a deep le creuset or something like that because it helps prevent the splatter. And I used the lid to hold a lot of the the cooked pork because I did it in batches. Then I took all the pork out and then I added all the chopped vegetables, cooked that a little bit. Then I added the tomato paste. I think it's really important if you're going to use tomato paste to cook it out, right? It mellows it out in a way that makes it softer, enhances some of the, the characteristics of tomato paste. It's just a better way to use tomato paste is to cook out tomato paste. I don't like... Not doing that. I think you need mm. to roast it off just a little bit because it enhances it dramatically, in my opinion. Then I added the pork belly. Mm. Then I added the water and all the seasoning and all the aromatics,
4: and it was fucking fantastic. Delicious. That's a hot tip. The tomato paste. That's a hot, hot, hot tip right there. Can
3: I? Can I? Can I? Can I, get, can I have? A, can I have a tip too on on cooking oxtails? Should had I cooked oxtails? I tell people because of those the first cuts of the oxtail are going to be the, the bigger ones just because the, the tail of a cow slopes from tapers. large tapers, and from tapers the- off to nothing. You want, those are not going to cook equally. And in all the oxtail recipes I've ever fucking read, nobody ever separates them. Nobody. It's, I think, a crucially important thing to do to hmm. take out the smaller pieces or to cook the fucking larger pieces first. But I wouldn't do that because you're losing some of that flavor that you could develop over time. So I think you should add all the oxtails immediately, cook it to extract all that flavor. And then I would say if you have a smaller tapered end piece versus the larger piece, it's going to take about half the cooking time. The reason why you don't see a lot of smaller oxtails in an oxtail stew is not that they're, they're not there. They have been disintegrated into nothing and they're now part of the sauce. That's fine. I love small oxtails too. They're great. They're like, like beautiful little nibbles. I think it's better to cook them until they're soft, until they're about to fall off. Not fall off. I don't like cooking to fall off. It's a, like a small window. It's like a 30-minute window mm-hmm. when you're cooking it where it's cooked through, it's braised, but not falling off the bone. You should not cook anything where it falls off the bone. That's some bullshit. You mm-hmm. want it where you can like, you, you have to have use your bite. tongue in a little bite, yeah. but it's cooked through where you're, again, my, temper, my my test is when you press your thumb into it, it doesn't bounce back right? Your impression stays there. And I think you should take the small oxtails, right? And and when you're cooking it, you can just take a, you know, a ladle of some sort and just take them out. As they're done, you start taking them out and you leave the bigger ones in to cook. Then you reintroduce the smaller ones when it's, when the stew's about to be done and finished. And then that way you don't get all, you, you can, it seems like you have more oxtails because all of the smaller pieces. Aren't disintegrated into nothing.
4: Mm-hmm. It's a good oxtail tip, man. That's a hot tip, man. That bone. I hate when I go eat ribs. I pick it up and then the, I just get a bone in my hand. I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna pick up my rib. I want to bite my rib. I want to pick it
2: up and bite it. That's real. Yeah. That's real. I, I I fully agree. I've never seen an oxtail recipe that says you know it's and it, it's crazy to think like Chang. It's like some of these oxtails they taper off. Like the the smallest nub is probably one one sixth to one eighth the size mm-hmm. of the biggest ones. Mm-hmm. And if the idea that you're cooking them for the same amount of time is Kind of bonkers, so I approached this recipe pretty much as written. I mean, I didn't. It's it's a very long recipe, but like, I agree, Dave, that you know, roasting you're going to get much more. You know, my art, you're going to get more flavor development. I also think though that there is something to, and, and I know that you agree with this because you you do this with brisket and other cuts. But like, there's something about just like a broth that is just beef that's been boiled until it's tender, just like pure beef flavor in this. And I agree that like a lot of Chinese, like Chinese soups never start with a chicken, a pre-made chicken broth to start or a beef broth to start. They always like the flavors developed from water, from the raw ingredients. So like I boiled the hell out of these oxtails. The other thing that like happens, and I know Monica mentions this is like, she didn't like to pre-season the water. (laughs) and like (laughs) i know my parents do this too and like i've never really understood i'm sure some more chinese person out there is going to explain to me that i'm desecrating five thousand years of culture here but like for me like i want to season the water to the level that i want the soup to be from the Mm get-go because i Mm -hmm. want everything all the ingredients within that soup to be seasoned as well so i'm going to season the soup just as aggressively in the beginning as i would at the end and just make sure i'm maintaining that water level that's a that's a changian tip too so that like that salt Level stays the same. Oh,
3: thank you for the, the the footnote there. I thought I was about to get, you know,
2: <laughs> That's I, I've, how many times have I praised that method, Chang? So many times and credited you for this. The other the other thing that I my parents would never do, and Monica talks about here, is like that first purge, that first uh, uh, you you boil the beef and then pour off the the first yeah. boil to get rid of all the impurities. I have never seen my parents do this. I'm sure I know many people do this. And uh, just from the sake of like, I don't think my parents would waste anything, even just like dirty beef water. So I skimmed <laughs> I skimmed all that that mucky gray protein off the top and just kept it rolling. Other than that, it was just pretty straightforward. It's just a matter of like timing which vegetables you want done yep. and when you want them done. You know, like I like cabbage that's basically cooked, like hammered. Yeah, I don't like potatoes that are totally hammered. I think the tomatoes could be like somewhere in between in there, but like really they're just flavoring for the soup. I did reach that point where you season the soup with tomato paste and I did think to myself, oh, if I had known that tomato paste was going in here, I would have definitely wanted it to like be caramelized in oil or something before I added the rest. I think it's it, it is so much better that way. The one thing I do also disagree with Monica. This is a great soup. It's delicious. It's like it's <laughs> unbelievably this is like this is my ratatouille dish as well. The thing I disagree with is like, I think in this instance, if you're gonna like eat this with a starch, I'm crusty bread over rice on this one. Like I think that dipping a crusty piece of bread into this, like mm. a Vietnamese style, would be more delicious to me than having it with a bowl of rice. I know I'm gonna it's be in the minority. Fucking I like rice. I like rice. I like rice
4: better for this. I just White like, rice. I just
3: like, you know that. what, you know what, Brian Ford, you know what Chris Ying just said? You know, I'm not a Trump supporter, but <laughs> I sort Trump of like that. DeSantis, I sort of like that. DeSantis That's character. <laughs> That's literally
2: yeah, not i'm quite surprised yeah. Chris, i just like you... I, I think i grew up dipping i grew up just like it's a it's a it's a nostalgic thing for me just like crusty bread into this thing we didn't eat a lot of bread but like we ate this with this the other thing i was gonna ask you guys about is what is your approach to eating this soup like do you just do you eat the oxtails right away do you eat the soup and the vegetables first do you just eat mm. them as it, comes, or it depends what on how it? hot it
4: is. I mean, to pick up an oxtail while it's piping hot is hard, so it just depends. I mean, I think when I ate it, it was hot. I, I sucked on the broth a little bit and ate some potato and some cabbage, and then when it was time to get into the oxtail, I, I got down with that. I mean, it was a—I uh, actually didn't uh, I didn't put it over any uh rice or bread. I just ate it straight like that. But if I were to pick, it would easily be white rice. I mean, bread would be good in it, but I don't know. It's not
2: the vibe. So— for the, so the way that we always ate this growing up and the way I, I ate this now is like you eat all the vegetables, you eat any stray pieces of oxtail that have disintegrated off yep. the bone, you eat the yep. soup, and then you save the oxtail for last because <laughs> me and oh. my dad would sit there and eat this bowl of soup and then we would just have our oxtails left in like a little bit of soup at the bottom and he would just like get out a bottle of Worcestershire sauce and <laughs> throw a few squirts onto the oxtails and we would just eat them like that. And, like, I have this, like, amazing memory of doing it that way. That's how I ate this one. I went to, like, share this with my children and wife. who were just like, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to sit around and eat oxtails with Worcestershire sauce. And uh, I loved this soup. I, I will also say that if, you, if you're not team oxtail, like, or team, like, gnarly, ugly, delicious, like, this is a pretty gruesome bowl of food <laughs> If you're really looking at it, it's just like total disintegrated vegetables, red broth and like right. bones bobbling or bobbing around in it. It's like, I a wouldn't say I,
4: I wouldn't scare people off. I think it's, I think it's pretty approachable. I think, uh, if you ain't about oxtail, you're going to be about it. If you make this one, it's very, well, because it's a simple introduction, it's not, ain't nothing complicated. I think it's a good when, way to when get it, people when did on you board add Your vegetables. Team. When did you add your vegetables? Me? After like three hours, four hours, I think yeah
2: same I mean I added them in two, two stages basically but yeah I actually
4: the... I kind of messed up and added them all in, in one stage but I, I timed it according to the potatoes because I agree with you Chris I hate when potatoes become a, a paste or whatever so I just accepted the uh, carrots and cabbage uh, and tomato on the timing of the potato but yeah it was about like
2: four hours I think it was nice I could have also happily done without celery I think I reduced the amount of celery in this recipe
4: I, lo- I love celery I think celery cool <laughs> <laughs> Yeah so man, cool. I play with celery man. Come too much out. celery.
2: Six stocks of celery is so much celery. Oh, man. I didn't
4: do that. I, I, just, have a I lot did, of yeah, celery. I eyeballed. I was like, I'm gonna put how much celery? I, I mean, think that, threw, to go me, in that
3: it. threw me off. All right, this is the you're adding mirepoix, you know, and, yeah. and right. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on.
4: Six large stocks. That yeah, is
3: I never that had is celery. Confusion. Is. <laughs> Six large <laughs>
4: stocks of celery. It was just too
3: much that fusion between,
2: lot. you know. <laughs> Between the Romanovs yeah. and the Ming Emperor, and the, Ming Emperor. And the yeah. Ming Emperor just <laughs> conflating our eras. Uh, well, overall, this was—I mean, I don't know—it's like a pretty dead simple, comforting super stew. But Brian. Make the case that this is a better recipe for people to make than, let's say, Nikita Claver's Margarita Sangria or Alicia Yogurt I can't O's do that. Margarita tortillas. Sangria
4: is booze, man. That'll get you That'll get you intoxicated. There's nothing better than to most people. Make the case that this
2: recipe should be making a late push here for the most cooked recipe of the season.
4: Jeez, man, that's a lot of pressure. Honestly, the only way I can make a case for that is if y'all are up in a cold, coldish areas where the, where the weather's starting to change and you need to feel good, you need to be in your kitchen with your old lady and pretend you know how to cook something fancy. And she don't know what oxtails are either. You could be like, yo, check it out. I got some oxtails. She's going to be like, oh, snap, me bringing out his red penny night. You know what I'm saying? And you make this little soup, comfort her soul. Or his red, or theirs. Or red panty night. Red panties. Oxtail night, baby. We got paid. You know what I'm saying? Oxtails ain't that cheap. It's red. You know what I'm saying? We got paid. you trying to make something good. It's red panty night, you know, for him, her, or them, whatever your choice, whoever you are. And listen, just make it good, comfort their soul. And you know what I'm saying? You can have a nice night. I guarantee you that. I guarantee to you that. Get a bottle of red wine. HK Borscht. Don't even call HK Borsch. Like, don't com- don't complicate. Just baby, I got oxtails tonight. It's payday, baby. I gotta, <laughs> I love I gotta send my W9 in. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we get we getting paid out here. So we're making oxtails. And that's and that's how we making a late push. Of, so, all the recipes,
2: of all the recipes this season, bro. I love <laughs> that you have chosen to support this one as the horniest recipe, <laughs> the sexiest recipe that we well, have. Well,
4: you know, they say oxtails aphrodisiac. All right. Who they said say that? They,
2: yeah, they, yeah, they do. Dude's
4: not against they, him, Yes, they do. Yes, yes it absolutely actually is, Christian. Yeah. That's L- the one the thing you should have
3: Googled. People that love... They knew, no, I knew know the word. I don't love. know any of
4: those people. <laughs> I don't know. Any Think of those about people. the way you have to eat an oxtail. Think about it, man. Like it's all layered here. This is the recipe of a winter, the fall. This is the one that everyone's gonna make and they're gonna fall in love with. It's it is fact. true.
2: You gotta you gotta demonstrate some uh, oral dexterity to eat an oxtail. So you, you gotta show that do. off right away. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, that's another episode of <laughs> Recipe Club uh, in the in the can. There, um, I thought we got some good tips here next week. Priya and Rachel are joining us to make plantains without Brian Ford. <laughs> evidently,
4: Mister Bacon con plátano.
2: <laughs> Mister Bacon, and that is a
4: shame. The... It's a damn shame. I'm not making plátanos with y'all, man. Talking about plantain, <laughs> <laughs> plátanos, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until then, until this, this is until a great this. recipe, folks. You should make this,
3: and it's in. You should vote for this. In my opinion, this the oh, the sangria recipe. Yeah, this or the sangria recipe or mm-hmm. the tortillas. Mm-hmm. If you believe in democracy and if you want to save our and, future.
2: And remember this is a this is a vote but it's also just which if you cook a recipe you vote for it. We just want to and know And I cooking. just
3: want to let you know that I just got back the, the carbon footprint on Chris's recipe. It is by far the biggest footprint of all the recipes <laughs> oh, yeah. I just got.
2: That's also I just true.
3: got by my life cycle assessment of all the
2: recipes that we commissioned. That's it. Yeah, and this is. one this one
3: if you make it, it is basically you're burning Three metric tons of coal every time. You make yep. Chris's green bean yep. pickled.
2: Well, that's where they get non-manus. that smoky flavor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not good, Chris. Make as many recipes as you want from this season. You know what's crazy? There's a there's a Discorder named uh, our, our old friend Chang, fisheries scientist, who has cooked every single recipe from this season because they misunderstood the assignment and that would essentially negate all of their votes. <laughs> but they've cooked every single recipe from the season, which is more than any of us. This, have. Per,
3: this person knows what's up. I trust them. And I trust you to make the right decision for our future, for our yes. children's future. Okay. 100%. For the world, for oh, Gaia God. and mother earth, do the right thing.
2: Just How many pagan <laughs> religions can we cite in one episode? <laughs> uh, until next week, check out the video version of this episode on the Recipe Club TV feed, uh, which is not the same as this feed. There's a separate feed. Make sure you follow both of those. Give us five stars where you can. And there are links to all the recipes and to the videos in the Discord. You have seen, there is lively conversation happening in the Discord. Brian Ford is cherished there. Absolutely. Dave Chang is <laughs> constantly harangued. It's a place for us to uh, share and and commiserate uh brian the next your next appearance on this will be your final draft episode the final ingredient that you drafted and we are going to be tackling frozen pie crust yes did you save this for last for a reason were you scared of this one um I was
4: kind of at the point where I was tired of baking things, right? Didn't didn't we bake too many things? That and I was like, you know, man, we need to cook something. So I was like, let's get the oxtails going, let's get the impossible meat going. So I, you know, I saw the frozen pie crust. Honestly, what I would like to see is uh, a chicken pot pie or some kind of soup because I'm in that soup mood. So give me some warm, give me something good. Uh, don't send no apple pie. Don't send no none 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 of that. Uh, you know. Uh, Mixed berry pie, none of that stuff, man. Give me some sourdough. nice. Me sourdough.
3: Some Someone sent a sourdough recipe in.
4: Sourdough pie. Give me, give me a... No, uh, no, no. Fr- sourdough. Somebody just make a poolish out of the frozen pie crust. Mill, mill the frozen pie crust, make a poolish out of it, make another pie crust, and then bake sourdough starter in the pie crust. That's Let the me recipe ask you, I want. If somebody,
3: if somebody makes a bread from the pie crust itself, is that considered single origin?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Misunderstood single origin.
3: <laughs> Technically, <laughs> I'm using one brand. That's not,
4: so that is
2: single It's origin.
3: not a blend of wheat. It's one blend. One, yeah, one, one wheat. One brand. One wheat
4: that we're milling. We're gonna yeah. mill, yep, one wheat, single origin. Yeah, 100. percent Just like when we did it with Bobo. So so let's make a single origin recipe using frozen pie crust, everybody. You can do All it. Right. Let's do it.